Welcome in, everybody, to the newest episode of All Things NBA from A to Z, presented by Ball is Life. I'm Chris Persian, and here alongside Zach Noble and Albert Nguyen to discuss the 2024 NBA season. It is full steam ahead. The in-season tournament, we're deep into it at this point. We've got like a couple games already down in, in each bracket. I mean, the season's going, guys. You know, James Harden's been traded. This is this is the NBA at its at its core. And I think that the last time we did an episode, we did stock exchange, and I talked about how we're slowly getting past the part of the year where everyone's excited for the season. Teams are starting to fan bases rather are starting to go, oh, we suck. Um, some fan bases are okay and they like that concept because they want it to tank. Some fan bases are thought they were going to be a, a top six seed and are now realizing the play in might be a lucky outcome. Um, wh- whether you are Orlando or Memphis, wh- whatever you got going on, I really think that the the shine is starting to wear off for some teams across the association. And so we are going to calculate our score on the panic meter. Should teams be panicking? Is it too early? Is it too late? <laughs> what do we think? Guys, we each brought in a team from each conference. Let's get this party started. I want to go to Zach. And Zach, you pick a conference. You pick where you're starting. But I'm just I'm going to let you get us ripping here because I feel like you always have so much to say. <laughs> about that about the nba you just takes galore over there so get well, us going the the pressure but no I, I loved the uh spooky sound leading into it i felt like i was back in halloween uh but yeah some of these fan bases are just terrified right now uh, i'm gonna start with an easy one uh right now and maybe it's not easy because some of these players are really controversial i'd say I've never liked uh, the fit of Zion and Brandon Ingram. So that just leads you to the New Orleans Pelicans. They're my team A. And the reason why I chose them is Zion's recent comments. Uh, just he hasn't been sounding great in his presser in general. Uh, but this team, I've always said I didn't like the Zion-Ingram pairing. Other people have disagreed with me. Uh, I'm maybe right because it's not working right now but I, I mean I definitely have been wrong at times because they've won a bunch of games when they're healthy but they're missing CJ McCollum that's a thing so you know you got the one guy who's supposed to be healthy um, joining the injury prone of this team uh, but I personally believe they should have sold high um, on Zion already but if you just ride this thing out his stock is just going to go down even more. And that's why my panic meter is extremely high. And I'm a person that always says you give the team 10, 20 games, um, 20, 30 games, sorry, um, to start the year. And this team's only four and six and not terrible, especially with um, the injuries in mind that you, we haven't even mentioned Trey Murphy, like, come on, they're, they're just riddled with injuries. Uh, but with that said, I'm at about an eight or a nine for these guys because I never liked them in the first place. Uh, but Zion's comments, I mean, I'm okay if you're at a 10 for this team. Like, honestly, um, I really, I really think you'd need to, I'm a 10 on the Zion scale. I think you got to trade him immediately because he's not like one, he's not performing at the level he wants, but two, the dude's not engaged. Like there's no way you can think this guy is bought into this team. And so let's, let's move on. Let's shake this league up a little bit. Where are you guys at on the scale? And why am I so crazy? Um, I got to just say quickly, um, you know, there were members. I got to really phrase this carefully. <laughs> there were members of the new Orleans Pelicans organization who believed Mm, I'll give you this. There were members in the New Orleans, New Orleans Pelicans front office or front office adjacent operations. You know, I'm not saying anyone on the team uh, is like a source of mine. Right. But there were members of the Pelicans front office who thought that Zion might get moved this past offseason. Um, this is something that, you know, I don't think would be a shocker to them. And from what I'm hearing recently, 
is, you know, you, you, you talk about NBA GMs and, and different agencies, like they're a high school hallway. Well, everyone's gossiping about the same thing right now. And I'll tell you, it's the same guy they're gossiping about. Those comments were really loud. And those comments reached a lot of different office buildings, a lot of different places where some pretty important people work. I I, I think this is a situation that is going to be one of those that is drawing attention for a long time. Now, whether it's a Miles Turner kind of situation where it's a really good player who seems to be in trade rumors for several years but never gets dealt and keeps getting extended or whether it's someone who like a Jeremy Grant is a, is a really good player, but gets moved all the time. I, I, you know, whichever way this goes, it's, I think it's one of the two. Yeah. First of all, for me, I'm just excited to be back with my boys. It's good to see you. Long overdue. Um, But this Zion situation. So I agree with Zach. I think they have to move Zion and it's not only because of the fit. We're not going to get to like all the off the court stuff that he dealt with over the summer as well. And he did deal with a ton. Um, but the team just isn't like Zach used the word engage. It's it's also they're not really playing for each other. Right. And that's when you know the team isn't really going to be a winner long term. Yes, they've shown a lot of flashes in the last year or two when they were healthy with Trey. Herb Jones, CJ, Zion, Brandon Ingram as the closing five, maybe uh, sprinkle in some Jonas as well. That was a really good team. And they were actually one of the exciting teams before injuries really derailed last season. But you can't say when healthy or before injuries year after year after year. So there's only one thing they can do is try to maximize what they can get back from Zion. Um, But I do want to say a few things, you know, on the New Orleans side, because we can't all just agree right on the same podcast. They've had a really, really tough start to the to the season in terms of strength of schedule. The third hardest schedule so far. Um, and again, they've been playing a majority of that without CJ McCollum. And Zion has been integrated back into the offense. But A, again, he doesn't look like he's fully in shape again. And then B, um, it, it, just, it just, again, it doesn't feel like, you know, the fit is there from a personality standpoint. I think the games actually fit really well, but if the personalities are not being reflective and playing for each other, then their full games are not going to come out on the court. Guys, he's career lows across the board statistics. I mean, he's declining. Uh, Whether it's because he's not bought in, as he says in his presser, I'm trying my hardest to buy in his exact quote, but the dude's supposed to be on the rise. He's supposed to be one of the biggest prospects in the game right now. And uh, we can argue about the, the fit later. I need to know where you guys are at in the panic meter. I mean, yeah, so, one so through I, 10, I, let's, let's get I, a number I think out there. I think it's all continue on Zion, right? One, one more thing I want to say, like Zion from a talent standpoint, I think it was justified that he was one of the best prospects ever coming into college, going to the NBA, but we all knew the style that he played was not right. going to be 10, 15 years long. So we wanted to see peak Zion for six years, maybe eight years. It ended up just being, you know, two, three years, right? Cause he is already on the decline and his style is not going to get any, you know, more finesse. My panic meter, honestly, out of the, all the six teams that we're going to discuss today, I think this is the highest one. Woo, so give me 10 of 10 for new Orleans. Wow. Oh. I'm going to go six. I think Brandon Ingram is really good. I think Trey Murphy, the third can be, Really good. I was not big on Dyson Daniels, but I did have a mid first round grade on him in that class. So uh, did I think they reached big time? Yes. Yes, I do. But do I think he can still be a solid player? Yeah. And you know what? If Zion can really be as good as we know he can be, Brandon Ingram is a number two. Trey Murphy is a number three. Guys like Alvarado, Herb Jones, and Dyson Daniels carrying those role player spots and then you even got a Valanchunas who's talented you keep making tweaks right you make tweaks over the years you extend your core players and you make tweaks you probably need to get a real junkyard dog kind of five in there that's a little more modern maybe can stretch the floor um do you want to do you want a Porzingis when he's done in Boston you know probably not the injury risk you're looking for so need to go elsewhere maybe the draft with all of these tall talented players coming out but I think the Pelicans are, are definitely within saving reach I just would be a little concerned if I were them right now with the guy who's most important to making it all go 
having his buy-in be a question and being talked about with the media is, is a little rough. So I'm going to go so a let, six, a flat six. So last question on the Pelicans. You're not willing to trade Zion just yet. If I'm them, I would not. Um, well, that may be, that may okay. be unpopular, I but uh, I, I, I try to make it work. I think if you can make it work, it's a real easy case to get him to stay. I think for him personally, he needs to get out of New Orleans. Um, like what I just makes think... you think he wants to stick around? Like, yeah. if you, how do you get him to buy in? Who he cares? Be... Who cares? Win <laughs> a playoff series, and then you can talk. You got to get there first. Wanting, you, you can talk about wanting to not... play somewhere else, but until you show your action, you can't. You can't potential your way. Right, like the league just watched Ben Simmons saga play out. You can't potential your way. To, the league to, will potential his way, though. That's right. the thing. There's gonna be one or two GMs out there that are so enticed by the potential there and the ceiling there. Um, that's the thing with the NBA, man. Like every single year, there's one or two guys or one or two contracts that are are quote unquote untradeable, and then they just get traded. I think there's always gonna be a buyer, and I think Zion. Still young age, still very talented. We saw when it was point Zion, he can actually distribute pretty well there. Um, maybe Zach is on to something. Maybe the Ingram Zion fit isn't there. Because I agree with Chris. I think Ingram is a solid guy, but he's not going to be oh, the no. number one guy on a championship contender team. He needs to be number two or potentially number three because they don't have a closer. We all think Zion's that guy. Even Zion is not really a closer because he doesn't have a jump shot. Yeah, I'm not saying that Ingram sucks or anything like that. I mean, that's why I think the panic meter is Zion ruining the inside of the organization and getting everybody else to want out right now. And I think his stock personally can continue to go down. That's my panic. Like, I think they can move on fine. Like you guys are saying, there's talent on this team still there, but they just got to do it quick. That's where my panic comes in on this team. But we gotta we gotta talk another time, Chris, on why you think there there's a chance they can get Zion to buy in because that's that's crazy to me. All right, let's let's move on to the next team. Yeah, next team. So one team from one team where Zach thinks they need to blow it up. I'm gonna go to another team in the East where I think they should have blown up blown it up two years ago. Chicago Bulls. They're sitting at four and seven. They have the sixth easiest schedule so far through eleven games but they have a terrible offensive and defensive rating, bottom 15 in both categories. This fit hasn't been great, and this is another when-they-were-healthy type of team. They did play pretty well with Lonzo and uh, Caruso and those guys, but the Levine, DeRozan, Vucevic trio is not working, and the guy that is the youngest and has the most value is Levine. So I think they just have to move on and really rebuild, which kind of sucks because this is a a city – that is so passionate for their sports teams, but the bears are terrible. The bulls are terrible and we'll see how the Cubs are going to do moving forward, but they really deserve a team that is going to be a winner for that city. Yeah. I'm with you. I wanted the bulls to tear that team down as soon as they got DeRozan. Um, I, I do have to give them the, the credit <laughs> that, you know, the, the lack of rim protection was covered, was band-aided in that regular season, that first go for this team by the perimeter defense of Lonzo Ball and, and Caruso. The thing to me, though, is is the, the injury risk with Ball had to be baked into signing him. And, you, you know, yeah. it's 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 it, it's part of why the market for him was what it was, was just yeah. a couple teams. Um, I really hope he gets back on the court in a way that allows him to have several consecutive years of healthy basketball. I mean, I love watching that guy play. I cannot wait for when watching Lonzo play every night is a thing again, but putting this team together, the way it got put together was always either under the assumption that Levine was way better than he was and way more ready than he was, or that the fit was just going to work because of the talent, which was never high enough in the first place to make fit like that work. Or the front office knew it was never going to be enough. And they thought that this would just be a step to, to the next tier of team but they never even reached that decent tier so you know whatever it is whichever angle it was the experiment failed it's time to move on wow um yeah that's that's a lot there so i would say it i mean i'll start crumbling with lonzo ball coming in um 
it worked for the first, what was it, 30 games? I mean, it looked really good. Um, it, he was the connector, and as soon as he went down, uh, it was never going to work with anybody else. And honestly, they kept it together because I think they were believing in uh, Patrick Williams uh, being that missing piece, Zach Levine's ceiling much higher than it was. And I was... Zach Levine's kind of been one of my misses too, but I also don't think the fit's great. Um, I'm a lot, still a lot higher on Levine than most. Uh, but with that said, I mean, this is another team. I think all three of these guys are at their absolute stock highest value right now. And like, obviously DeMar's not in his career, but like that it will ever be. And I think you literally have to get dismantle this entire team, Patrick Williams included. Um, besides maybe, I mean, Lonzo Ball is not worth anything, but besides maybe Lonzo and Io. But, like, they need to blow this thing up, try to get any first-round picks they can in 2024 because... Isaac, Anthony, draft capital for Levine Williams. God let's bless. Go. There, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Like Orlando I would love it. Like I, I, I posted, there's like 16 teams that should be interested in Levine. I mean, half of them are up for debate. The teams I think Raptors, Pistons, Lakers, Hornets, Heat, Kings, and Knicks are probably the top of mind for me. But I mean, I just, DeMar DeRozan, Vucevic are going to be really hard finds. I think regardless of what you do, they have their own pick this year, I believe. I got to double check on that. Um, with that said, I think you bottom out. You get the first first pick, the highest pick you can, and take any first-round pick you can for DeRozan and Vooch. I don't think you're going to – you might not – like, look at Bradley Beal didn't really get a first, so it's going to be hard. Um, what do you guys think with blowing everybody up? Like, what's trade value? What are you What are you looking at? Yeah. So, so let me let me challenge you guys on Zach Levine, the player, right? So, I think we all we can all agree that he has great athleticism. He's a great shot maker. Um, but my thing is, when has he ever won? When has he ever played in a winning system and be been the key cog of that? Because even when we're talking about the success that the Bulls had two regular seasons ago, it was because of Lonzo's connecting on offense. It was because of Caruso's on-ball defense. It was because DeRozan was so fucking clutch in the fourth quarter. Like, when was it because of Levine? And that's why, in my opinion, the team that does trade for him is going to make a big mistake. Unless, unless the infrastructure there is so strong, whether it's LeBron and AD and Levine's a third fiddle, uh, whether it's you know, Embiid and Maxi and Levine is the third fiddle. Like, unless he buys into that and becomes that third star, I don't see Levine being uh, successful anywhere. So to answer, I guess, the, the question Chris had, panic meter for me, it's not a 10. I don't think it's Zion level in New Orleans, but it's close. I think it's an eight or nine because that fan base, again, I, I talked about it earlier, they're thirsting for a winner. They don't have a winner in any sport right now. And they need something, and it sucks because that's a great city, a great town, a great sports town. So my my panic meter is a ten, by the way, like it's flat ten because uh, DeRozan, Vooch, and Zach. I I truly believe they all look very disengaged. Um, Zach's numbers are down across the board. Demar's numbers are cr down across the board. It's a terrible situation when you got Vooch being your best player. It, like it can't happen. You got a couple max players on the team. So something's got to give there. I think they, they can't wait any longer or else. I just think these guys are going to lose value. I mean, yeah, Zach, none of them are high right now either way. So it's a crazy situation. Yeah. They wait, waited yeah, too even, long on this. Yeah, even 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 if they were to get moved today, you're moving at 50, 60 cents on the dollar. So I agree with, with you there, Zach. Listen, I said at the start of the episode, some teams are too late. This is exactly who I was thinking about. Um, Need that birth control. Wow. Hello. <laughs> Caruso to Sacramento would be fun. Thoughts? That, <laughs> oh, that, that would be fun. That what about what about Davion Mitchell and draft capital for Alex Crusoe? Poor Davion Mitchell. <laughs> what about what about Jonathan Isaac, Cole Anthony, and draft capital for Levine and Pat Will? And it would have to be like two unprotected first. Sure. I mean, those two teams have tangled so many times in the past. I, yeah. What about 
What about if they Boston? can get one or two first anywhere? Like take what those a, and can Boston run. make Vucevic money work? Hmm. I mean, I'll, I I'll don't love know. the idea there. I mean, right. All right, that's what well, I didn't think about. I mean, Al what about, a, what about a staple though to get what rid about of Memphis for DeRozan? Don't like that. I like. I mean, I like Levine there. I like uh, Vooch maybe there. Yeah, Vooch and Jared Jackson Jr. should work. Get rid of get rid of Adams. Um, Levine next yeah. to Ja and Desmond Bain. Like, there's enough defense to go around there. Hey, there you go. Um, listen. I gotta go with. I got. I I gotta go with saying that they should trade everyone that can be. Just do it. Just suck. All right, we're all on board. Just do it. Uh, panic meter, nine, because ten is, ten is like Burn. everything's falling apart. Um, you know what? They're player, actually healthy. They're player, they are healthy. players. I was gonna say players only meeting that early is is ten level, but. They're all healthy. It's not, you know, the guys aren't untradeable as of right now. So the panic is only at a nine. I'm saving 10 for real, real, like terrible all time bad circumstances. Um, the Bulls screwed themselves, though. Anyway, Al. I I, I got to say that was a really good pick. Um, Chicago, Chi-Town. It was a really good pick. I'm going to go with my first team, and it's going to be a team that I think you guys are both a little panic metered up on. I'm actually going to make a case as to why I wouldn't be so worried. But um, the Phoenix Suns, man, the Phoenix Suns need to be discussed. They are a team that has not been off to, let's say, the most auspicious start to their season when it comes to injuries and everything of the sort. They're the ninth seed right now at four and six tied with none other than the new Orleans Pelicans um, Phoenix, man, let's talk. What, what, what are we thinking? Cause for me, I, I think that I actually wouldn't be worried or too worried. And the reason why is I knew coming into the season, Nurkic wasn't some stud pickup at center. I told Dwayne Rankin of AZ Central, Zach. Remember I told him Drew Eubanks was was to be watched out you for? You did. That's still a question <laughs> that Eubanks talked. And he but... told me, he told me Eubanks must be my boy because there's no way he ever plays over Nurkic. Guess who started the second half with Durant and the starters the other game? Drew Eubanks. Um, so listen, Finishing man. around the rim. I'll give you that. He's good. 39% from Nurkic right now like give me a break he's a mini Hartenstein anyway um basically you take a look at the Suns and I think Beal looking bad to start the year or not playing at all was exacerbated by their depth specifically what kinds of players they have off the bench now Mm -hmm. we've talked about how Kevin Durant had the best playmaking jump of his career in Brooklyn due to all the games Kyrie was out before they got hard and he really had to play make for that team. Nowadays, Kevin Durant's six, seven assists is really not out of the question on a game by game basis. You know, he could drop that any night. And I, I take a look at Devin Booker, someone who played point guard before Chris Paul got there. I take a look at Bradley Beal, someone who I, I thought the Bucks should have gone after Beal for years and paired him with Middleton and Giannis. They got Dame. That's the better version. They'll take that. Right. But um, and they got Dame for what I would have given up for Beal. So there you go. But um, I do think that, you know, they've got so many much playmaking over there and staggering to do that. They haven't been able to do yet because Beal's been out. And Booker's missed some games. I think it all just looks bad because the guys they picked up on those veteran minimums are guys like Keita Bates Diop that are not creators. They're just nice plug and play players. So for me, I'm actually not worried on Phoenix and my panic meter with them as of today is at a 3.5. I would not be overly worried with them. I'm, I'm feeling good. I think that there's some things to worry about that they came into the season with. I came into the season at about a three panic meter with them, two and a half. I don't think three and a half is a huge jump from there. So that's where I'm at on the Phoenix Suns. That's my first team. What do y'all got? All right, I'll go here. Uh, 
I'm higher, um, honestly, on the panic meter. I'm probably going to go about a six or seven. That's just because of injuries right now. Um, and Nurkic, his field goal percentage around the rim is just atrocious right now. Um, and I'm not going to buy into Eubanks being the ticket going forward. He'd have to be Looney-esque in order to make this work. And I just don't yeah. think he's anywhere close Looney. I mean, bring a Hartenstein down there. I think things could look a lot better. I like that guy. But... Their bench has impressed me. I will give them that. I like what I'm seeing from their bench. Katie's doing a great job getting this team to gel early. I think there is some offense being ran there. I don't think it's just your turn, my turn. I think it's like looking more seamless in the couple games they've played together than, let's say, the Clippers, which isn't saying much at all, um, or even Damon Giannis. Like, so I, I'm more impressed with how they've played together. Um, that's because. Booker and Katie played together all last year and they played very well together last year. So it's a different situation. Bradley Beal is really the only link and they're not asking him to do a ton, but Bradley Beal hasn't looked great. That's pretty concerning to me. I mean, three games in he's shooting 33% from three 39 from the field. Uh, he's had one good game out of three, uh, but everybody else, their three point shooting needs to go up. They got to be a top, 10 minimum three-point shooting team for them to do anything. Uh, they're right now 14th in the league in percentage, 15 in attempts, and those numbers got to be sky high for this team to have success, in my opinion. That's where it's going to matter. I know they're a mid-range team, too, but like their bench, what separates them, in my opinion, what I thought is going to be the three-point shooting. Grayson's doing his job. Shout out to Grayson. I'm, I nailed that one so far, but he is. I mean, he is. Uh, it's it's hard to buy into, man, if we can't see them all. So until that point, um, the health of them and Bradley Beal off the off the gate, three out of ten games. I mean, a guy who can't see on the floor the last five years of his career. I don't know, six or seven might be low. Where are you, Albert? Yeah, for me, it's it's interesting. There's a lot of nuance with with this team because. Their record in the regular season means nothing to me, right? This team was constructed to win a championship. They're not here to try to win 60 or 65 games. They're working on things. But I would say that I think the, I guess, the mindset or the um, the way they're playing basketball is a little perplexing, right? Because right now they're in the half court, they play at a glacial, glacial pace. I think the only team that plays slower are the Knicks. But the Knicks can play that slow because they have an elite defense, right? They can lean on that defense, really grind you out, and they are very physical. The Suns don't have any of that. They're not physical. They don't play well defensively. Um, and the thing that is really troublesome, honestly, if you look into the numbers, is they've had the easiest, guys, they've had the easiest schedule so far out of all 30 teams after 10 games. They're sitting at four and six. Yes, they, uh, they've been hurt, whether it's Beal, whether it's Booker. Um, but I think what's troublesome for me, and again, it's I'm not worried about them from like a, a team standpoint because I think it's really going to be make the playoffs, be healthy when the playoffs come around, and then see where they're going to – how they're going to compete. Regular season, it is what it is. But the game this past game, when they were in a rut and then they went back home to play the OKC Thunder – and they get blown out at home in their own gym against the Thunder. That was a little perplexing, especially in the fourth quarter. I think they only scored nine or 11 points. They got outscored by 15 by the OKC Thunder in the fourth quarter. And you had Kevin Durant. I mean, that's that's just really bad. And I think, again, I'm, I'm a Kevin Durant fan. But I think the fear for Kevin Durant amongst players, especially late in the fourth, I don't think it's the same, guys. I don't think people no, he's fear Kevin nuts. Durant as much as yeah, as much as they did when he was on the Nets. And that's not his fault. He's two, three years older now. He has two, three years more of lingering, uh, you know, lingering injuries. And he's just not explosive. Like he does the same three or four moves, getting to his spot, still unblockable with the mid range, but it's much more easier to defend because he's not taking it to the rim anymore. No, I love that. I mean, I. I agree with what you're saying. And the only thing I really push back on hard there is the defense. Um, I, I think they're actually 
trying hard and their defensive numbers aren't terrible. They're like 14th in defensive rating. Like when you look at a team like the Milwaukee Bucks, who should be a top tier defense, regardless Drew Holiday or not, they're bottom five right now in the league. And the personnel on Phoenix, again, early season sample size for defense. I really don't care. Like I, the Timberwolves, for instance, like, yes, it matters to their success right now. I just, I've never bought into early season defense, meaning a ton, like early season offense always means way more to me, just polished. Cause I think defense comes with time and it's um, hard to sustain throughout an entire season. Uh, but that's just my take. I could be wrong on the defense um, holding up, uh, but I'd much rather have a team look good offensively um, early in the year and bad defensively. But I mean, it's developing good habits. Uh, but again, this team can get to a top 10 defense. Their chances are, are a lot better, but I, that's, that's I, I always asking. said if it's... they can... Yeah, it's, it's asking for a lot. Yeah, you're asking for them to be a top always... three-point shooting team, which is tough for that for that core, especially when all three superstars are going to be playing 40 minutes a game. And then you're asking for them to be a top 10 team defense with those three guys playing 40 minutes a game. So th- that part is hard. I agree with you. If those things happen, Phoenix is going to be a contender. But I think the way that they're going to have to win moving forward is to lean on their – um, special skills on offense, in my opinion. Like, you either be a defensive team or an offensive team, and I don't oh, see that offense. team. Yeah, I don't see that team being built on defense. Yeah, so then if if they get to be like a top seven, top five offense, they're gonna need to be, I think, a top seventeen defense minimum uh, sure. for the regular season, um, and that they are. So it's the shooting that I'm unimpressed with um, so far. Did we? Uh, All right. I'll, yeah, I I'll go ahead. And... I was going to say that's, that's it. So we go yeah. back to Al now to go through one more time. Yeah. Phoenix, Phoenix. Snake, I wasn't too worried draft. about it's right. It's right in the middle. Like it would be a five on the panic meter for me. Um, The Lakers, this is similar, similar situation. I, I think they've underperformed the Lakers. just yep. like, yeah. Yeah. They've underperformed just like Phoenix. Um, I think the biggest culprit to that. And again, I put a lot on his shoulders. You guys know how high I, I am on him. But Austin Reeves have been, has been struggling uh, to start the season. He just got benched recently, so now he's coming off the bench as the sixth or seventh man. But the biggest thing to me is their team defense. After they made the trade last season and they went on that run where they were out shooting everyone in free throws and they were defending other teams, they're not doing that right now. They ranked 20th in team defense, which is terrible for that team. And they're playing at a very slow pace. So that's like, that's a double whammy, right? Sometimes when you see a team that plays really fast, their their team defense numbers are not great. A team that plays really slow, their team defensive numbers might be a little inflated. This is just a double whammy. They play slow and they don't defend. So unless Los Angeles can really get together on defense, um, I don't, I I'm pretty worried about this team for the long term. And again, this is another team like Phoenix, where it's championship or bust. So the expectations are much different. I told you guys I wasn't in on this team. And the the reason was because there's just a formula nowadays. Top 10 player. I'll say it like this. There are four things you need to have. If you don't have one of them, it's okay, but you better be really good in the other three and you better be close to having it. You know what I mean? I think you need a top 10 player. I think you need a top 25 player. I think you need star level depth. And what I mean by that is everyone's a star in their role. You have some of the best guys in the league at what they do, doing just those things. Really, really well cast bench guys and auxiliary starters. And the fourth thing is continuity, man. You need you need a little bit of continuity. I'm not in in this current NBA landscape on a team that was just put together winning at all. And that's kind of why I've like maintained the Clippers as my dark horse slash legitimate championship pick, because I feel like we are due for a team to come out of nowhere. Um, but the thing is, Kawhi and PG and Lou, you know, that's not out of nowhere. So that's that part of the formula right there. Top 10, top 25 and, and the continuity with the coach. Um, the Lakers, they've got the top 10 guy. If you think LeBron's still doing it at that level 
And if it's not, then LeBron and AD pretty much add up to a top 10 and a top 25 guy. Um, it's tough to have AD in that top 10 category, but you know, availability, I don't think it's the best ability. I think it's an important one though. Um, but I, I always think that statement's a little overdone. I, I, I do think though, that the depth was never there. The star depth was never there. They have two pieces on this roster that I look at and I go, those guys are perfect for this team. Austin Reeves and Tori and Prince. Those are the two pieces on this team that I look at and I go, those guys are perfect fits. Do I think D'Angelo Russell is like good? Yeah. And I think he's had some great games from this season. I also think he's had some real rough games from the season as is the D'Lo experience thus far in Los Angeles. And I are actually not thus far. I mean, <laughs> you know, he was there before and was, was a, was a rookie there. So in th- this latest stint in Los Angeles, um, I think delo has been kind of up and down for them. And I, I predicted a big yeah. season from him this year and he's had some big games, but it's not a consistent thing. And I just think overall the Lakers struggle with having that star level depth game in game out. Rui's great. Some of these guys are great, right? But they're not filling a role perfectly. That is like, one of those like Bruce Brown, Josh Hart roles that they, they, they're missing that kind of guy in my Jared Vanderbilt, maybe like, you know, it's, it's all just maybes with the, with the, with the supporting cast and Reeves has been the biggest, maybe of them all. Maybe he'll be a good player to finish the year. Who knows? Right. So we'll see what happens. I am very pro giving guys time to figure stuff out when they've just gotten what is at that point, the biggest paycheck in their life. So Julius Randle got a two-year, $18 million deal from New Orleans. I was not really, like, freaking out on the adjustment for him (laughs) because that was set up with his rookie deal but because he was a high draft pick. But when he came to the Knicks, I was like, this guy needs a full year to adjust to being not only in New York City but being paid like an NBA all-star. People are humans, and they need time to adjust to these things and to pressure. Um, But I don't think Reeves is going to be there this season to an extent where – it works with these other guys. Maybe the continuity is there, but I don't think ham has been great. Maybe the stars are there, but yeah. both of these guys, LeBron because of his age and Davis because of his availability are questionable to be playoff, you know, impactful playoff players in every game you play in. So too many questions with me for this Lakers team had me low on them coming into the year. My panic meter with them, I'm going to go seven and it's because I'm not panicking. I was just kind of disappointed before the season started that this is the run they were going to go at with LeBron. This is the team they were going to go with. Fair enough. So like Albert, I was pretty high on these guys coming in. Uh, to be honest, it was a lot like the Clippers. I have this vision for how these guys' roles should fit and how they could fit and the way they play individually. Darvin Hand's not doing his job. Tyron Lue's not doing their job. So it's a bad coaching situation right now, even though I believe in Ty Lue a lot more than Darvin Ham um, to bring these pieces together. But as for the Lakers, it's it's up to LeBron to tie everything together. And I, I've thought this because, I mean, it does. He, I don't think he allows Darvin Ham to coach as much as he should in general. Um, LeBron's chucking way too many threes right now. Um, he's settling for way too many ISOs. He's, I don't like the way he's playing right now. I just don't think it's his winningest basketball he can play whatsoever. Therefore, I kind of blame LeBron and AD for Austin Reeves' slow start. D'Lo, too. Um, I truly think they were putting him in the corner more. I, I just think he wasn't a focal point. And, I mean, yeah, you got to blame the coach for that, too, not stepping in. And Austin Reeves is kind of one of those things where I always say there's the LeBron effect. Like, once you, you, you like, ride this dopamine hit when you first start playing with them and your numbers go up and things are looking good, and then all of a sudden LeBron gets complacent with you and um, you just drop way down um, and you're not near the player that you could be. Um, or that people think you are. And Austin Reeves, I think, is turning that corner now. I think he's, like, asserting himself. He's being more aggressive. Uh, but he didn't do that the first five or six games. But he went from averaging, what, seven, eight points those first five games to um, he averaged 18 over the last five or so. Um, and efficiency's gone up, too. But I just see a notable difference in the way he's being used and the way he asserts himself. However, the other guys on the team, Christian Wood, you name it, 
Tam Reddish, it's like, just like what you said, Chris, they're not fitting into this role or this box that they, they need to in the way they should fit. Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen. I mean, these guys have played together, most of them, for over a year now. And so I'm not, I don't need to give these guys 20 to 40 games. I think I'm ready to make a call on them now where let's go get Zach Levine. Let's fire up the engine. Let's, let's go get him, shake it up a little bit. Uh, get a guy that has some energy and bounce to him. I think he would love playing next to him, but you need defense coming in too. So you better be getting Caruso coming in that package. Um, it would be a perfect way to offload D'Lo, um, downloading, um, load him off. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out something that's to play funny. there. Uh, but my panic meter isn't that high, but it's high. I mean, I wasn't, wasn't panicking about these guys at all before the year. Cause LeBron has played in almost every game. Uh, so I'd say it's probably six ish, six, seven. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a little lower say. on the. Yeah, I'm a little lower on the panic meter. I mean, again, it's 10 games. I know we're overreacting with the Bulls and the Pelicans being at 10s, but um, the Lakers are 5-5. Five and five. They're on a two-game winning streak, most likely going to win tonight. We're recording on Tuesday. They play the Grizzlies as their in-season tournament game. So they're probably going to be 6-5. and five. LeBron took last, the previous game off. And you're right, Austin Reeves has been a lot better since that really bad start, I think, the first three or four games. Um we talk about this literally, we've talked about this probably the last four seasons as NBA followers, right? Anthony Davis needs to become the best player on the team. LeBron James at this stage of his career should not be the best player and should not have to be that conduit. Although I agree the style, I'm not, I'm not liking with LeBron because it's either layup or three right now, instead of like moving the ball around, getting the defense unbalanced, and then kicking it out to the weak side. He used to be so good at that. He doesn't do that anymore. It's all ISO. Um, so I agree with that statement when it comes to LeBron. But, man, Anthony Davis, show us. Show us that you're an all-NBA player for more than 40 straight games. Like We need to see it as NBA fans. Although people are annoyed with his playing style, he falls too much, gets hurt too often. Um, but yeah, we just need to see Anthony Davis become the player for the Lakers. Yeah, man. I I mean I couldn't have said it better. Zach, let's let's pivot right to you though. I I I I just I I cannot it can't be I the think Bulls. we're going to agree. I think we're going to disagree on this team. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. All right, another team I was extremely high on before the year that uh everybody was going to buy in. That's the word of the day, I think. Engaged buy-in. Um, that's, I guess, panic meter. Those are trigger words for sure. Uh, but it's not happening right now. And uh, you can blame a couple stars, a couple of big-time role players being out. This is the Cleveland Cavaliers we're talking oh. about. Uh, JB Bickerstaff uh, was really proud of him as a longtime guy who deserved a shot at being a head coach, finally gets it, overachieved did great things last year and maybe underachieved in the playoffs, you can say. Uh, but mm -hmm. I, I don't know. That Knicks team was good. Um, we like to give them some props there. But um, with that said, I thought this team was going to take a huge leap. I didn't know if JB was the guy to get the job done and level up Evan Mobley. That's a tough ask um, and tie in the depth that they have because they have a lot of depth, in my opinion. Uh, but I think... Even with Darius Garland being out, they should still be winning a lot more games. They're four and six right now. Donovan Mitchell is putting up MVP numbers. He's in the conversation if they're winning games. Um, probably not in top 10 right now because of their record. Uh, but if they had like six and four record, he would be in the top 10, for instance. Uh, but I personally don't think Donovan Mitchell is even trying to play within the system. I've watched this team a lot. I think he's out there to get his numbers and increase that trade value and call me uh hypothetical Zach or I don't know, magic eight ball, Zach, just reading into the future, whatever you want to call me. But I truly think there's an underlying factor here that he wants to get the hell out of there and he wants to keep his stock high and 
yes, his assist numbers are just fine. Um, the numbers look good across the board, but from what I've noticed, I mean, I don't like his shot selection. I don't like how he's playing overall, like as a teammate, as a floor general, as a leader of this team, because Darius Garland's out. He needs to be that guy. And yeah. so I think he's just putting up stats right now and it's not really impactful ball. And Evan Mobley, he, they can't find a way to fit them into the system, whatever their system may be. And I don't think JV's got a very sound system. So uh, Donovan Mitchell, I think his value is very high. Therefore, the panic meter is not that high. And I think it's going to remain high. It's just this iteration. They, they paid a lot for him and they wanted to see it fully functioning, which I don't know if we did last year. And so I don't think we're ever going to see that, honestly. I don't know if we are um, and what it what it could be. So maybe uh, sell high because I think his stock is very, very high or it should be uh, and get rid of him, get rid of him. But um, panic wise, I don't know. Let's go. Let's go a five. Let's go five right in the middle. All right. All right. I think. For me with Cleveland, you know, I'm I'm not super high on what they've got going on right now. I think the human aspect of basketball gets underrated all the time. I've already talked about it on this specific episode of this podcast, and I've definitely talked about it on this podcast before. And I think everyone on the Cleveland Cavaliers knows that Donovan Mitchell is not long for that team. So coming into this season, these guys, for no fault of their own, are operating under the following pressure. If we don't win, our best player's gone. Um, I don't think that's conducive to any sort of success. Evan Mobley is about, I said last year when the Knicks beat the Cavs in the playoffs, he was two years and 25 pounds away. So that means now he's a year and 20 pounds away. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe just like 12 and a half, but he needs to bulk up a teeny bit. And I do think some more experience would be good um, for him as well. So, you know, I'm not saying they should move Jared Allen. I'm not saying they should throw him at the five right now. I don't think that's the solution. I think Garland, Mobley, Allen and diverting, you know, Mitchell's whatever you get back for him. If you sign and trade him somewhere, maybe Brooklyn um, is the spot for him. Uh, That's going to continue to be my guess as he goes to Brooklyn, Um, you know, Maybe you can have a fun little team together, but I really think this Cavs team path to success is is just kind of staying the course and just trying to win as many games as they can to go into this next era as smoothly as possible with continuity minus Mitchell. Um, I'm going to go four out of ten on the panic meter. I think this team just needs to like make the playoffs, maybe try to win a first-round series, and then just keep it moving. You know, I didn't, I don't, I never had this team winning anything significant this year. So I'm not disappointed in their start because I'm just, I'm a little like, okay, they're off to a rough start. I'm not like, Oh my God, the Cavs were supposed to be a juggernaut. There were a lot of people that thought they'd finish as the number one seed. That's a fun little agenda. I wasn't there though. So, you know, I had them, I think fourth this season. So yeah, whatever. Hey, Hey, yeah, I mean, a lot of the panic meter is tied to expectations. So I fully agree with you, Chris. Um, so a five for Zach and a four for Chris. Pretty low, to be honest. Um, I thought you guys were going to be a lot higher, so I wanted to to go in on you guys. But yeah, for the Cavs, I'll, I'll say one thing that you, you guys shouldn't have to worry about is they're still playing defense. So they're right now they're rated six in defensive rating. They've had a really, really tough first 10 games in terms of strength of schedule. That's eighth hardest, and they've faced the fifth best defenses during that time. So, yes, it made sense for them to struggle offensively. But they right now, even at four and six guys, they have a plus 2.7 net rating, which is sixth best in the league. I mean, this team, in my opinion, um, I think we should talk about this year's iteration of the Cavs a little differently, in my opinion. I think they should be shooting for higher. I think it should be second round or bust for this team. Um, I know that there's it's not a great fit because the talent there doesn't mesh well geometric, geometrically on the court. Maybe you have to just split up Allen and, and Mobley. Who knows? Maybe you have to split up 
Mitchell and Garland, which at this point, they're just going to hold on to Mitchell. But I like this team. I still believe in this team, so I'm not too worried about it. I think what we're going to see more in terms of like where to assess them is in the next 10 games. I mean, those first 10 games were a little off really hard teams that they played against. It's about to get a lot easier in terms of strength of schedule. If they go through these next 10 games going seven and three, we're talking about a team that's 11 and nine and probably top four in the East again. So I'm not too worried about it. Um, But me talking about the Bulls earlier in the podcast makes me feel like that's a city potentially where Donovan Mitchell can be long-term. I know he's from New York. I know there's been talks about him and the Knicks. Chris just brought brought up with him and the nets he it loves sense, Macau, right? man yeah it, ma- it makes a lot of sense um but it, a, another big time city a big market that needs a star i think donovan donovan mitchell can be that guy um but who knows again i'm just talking in hypotheticals so one big factor here is they were the number one defense in the regular season all last year they're like 18th right now um and you wonder where that's coming from because Jared Allen's only missed four games. Okoro's been out a couple. They should have enough pieces there to keep this great defense alive. Max Drews, like, that's what JB can hold his head on. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen if uh, Jared Allen plays 10 games. I think straight, maybe that's what they need just to get him back um, consistently. But I'm not sure where that comes from. And that was one of their big differentiators. Uh, I do think Garland and, and Mitchell can exceed the fit, but it's like what version of those two are we getting together? And I'm like I said, I don't like this Mitchell. I, I love your optimism because I want him to work. I want him to be great. But, yeah, I just signed the contract. We'll see what happens then. <laughs> hey, we'll see, man. I, Take I think your money, Mitchell. Brooklyn is the team to bet on. I like Brooklyn. Al, yeah. f- final little game for you here. What, are, what 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 odds would you give? I mean, New York has to be the favorite for his next team, right? Just based on what where things are at. So, like, maybe the Knicks plus t- 285 and then the – That's tough. I mean, Heat I think plus, it... the Heat plus 300 and the Nets plus Ooh. 350. I'd hammer the Nets there. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It is a three-man race. Uh, all three teams have been connected to him now for a couple seasons. Um, so I, I couldn't I couldn't put the odds on that. But I do know from a handicapping perspective on the, the team in general, the current team he's on, for the next 10 games, it is very bullish for the Cavs. So if you want to start betting the Cavs in terms of um, covering spreads or even alternate spreads, this is the time you want to do it. And if they don't do it for you in the next 10 games, then you can just release, right? Catch and release and don't worry about the Cavs for the rest of the next season. Um, but after a struggling four and six start, it's a great time to buy low for a team that still has really strong defensive metrics. And uh, and Zach mentioned 18th in, in defensive rating. Again, a lot of that is because they've played the best teams in the first 10 games. If you adjust for it, there's still six in adjusted defensive rating. So again, bullish for the next 10 games they don't do it then that's when you can just let go i'm with you zach anything from you here on our last team or just what before i some trades before i get to my 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 final all right my final team did that in the offseason um the milwaukee bucks man this is a team that a lot of people are a little bit concerned about I kind of went with the Suns and Bucks as teams that people in general are concerned about. Um, I'm definitely not panicking about the Suns, as I told you guys. The Bucks are six and four to start the season, um, but just don't look like that caliber of world beater that you know people thought the superstar pairing would enable them to beat. Um, here's the thing, though: you gotta let the depth gel. Because if, if you're going to try and make a run at it, if you're going to be the team that comes at it without continuity, with a new pairing of stars, you got to give your depth time to learn their new roles and what they've got to do to supplement this star play. That said, I don't think the Bucks would be committing malpractice if they were pretty active 
on the phones right now, just looking for pieces that could plug and play someone who doesn't need the ball. I know they drafted Andre Johnson to be that kind of guy for them, that Josh Hart, Josh Akogi, but with a Mario mushroom type of vibe of player, <laughs> but it's rookie year, man. And and he's not going to be this contributing player in the closing playoff game. So, you know, what can you do before Johnson comes up through the pipeline to get yourself one of those grit and grind, one of those Josh Hart, Josh Akogi build of guys that does not need a single touch all game long to provide you B plus caliber play. Um, I think that that stuff is important. I think that those guys are important. I also think that Damian Lillard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, and Brooke Lopez can figure it out. Now, a first year head coach maybe going to be a little tough, but this is a team where I'm really low on the panic meter. I'm going to go two out of 10. And the reason being, let's let 10 more games go by. If we're 20 games in, have asking these same questions, I'll go to four and a half, five right then and there. But right now, with the amount of talent on this team, I'm going to do what I like to do and lean into talent and trust it. Yeah, for me, I'm not too worried about this team either because they have Giannis. I mean, at the end of the day, Giannis is one of the best players in the world. Uh, Damian Lillard has really struggled from the field. Although he has saved this team on two games already with his clutch fourth quarter shooting. But if you look at some of his, uh, if you dive deeper into his his numbers, I mean, he's averaging 22.8, which is not bad. 33 and a half minutes and eight games played, started all eight, but he's only shooting 26.9% from the three-point line. You don't expect that to continue. He's one of the best shooters who's ever lived. That's not going to get to 40% with this type of start, but he can definitely get it up to the high 30s. And once he gets hot, this offense is really going to take off. The thing for me is Chris Middleton. Guys, Chris Middleton has played eight games, averaging 11 points, three rebounds, three assists. Like, what's going on with Chris Middleton? Yeah, great question. Um, I think <laughs> – what was that, Chris? Eleven, three, and three, guys. Isn't he a max player? Yeah, I, I just, oh, what was that? That blew up my speaker there. Jeez, um, that's that's sounding like uh, Chris Middleton's shot going out. It's just he's his legs, his legs going out on him. But I don't know, man. That's the biggest, one of the biggest mysteries. Him, Julius Randle, Dame. I mean. Yeah, I'm putting them all in that category that's just in the tanks right now. Stock is incredibly low. I mean, Dame's had, what, two good games, uh, two great games out of 10 or 12 right now. He's been absolutely horrible. I mean, he's running very few pick and rolls, um, very few actions in general with Giannis. Um, there's no stamp of coaching or system whatsoever. Um, defense is really poor bottom five right now on this team. And with Giannis and Brooke, it should always be a top five defense. I truly believe that. Uh, but with that said, my panic meter is also very low because this is a team. Uh, like I said, from the beginning, I like giving teams 20, 40 games. Um, if I believed in them from the beginning to work things out, um, I think they will change a lot of things. Chris Middleton Man, I hope he's just not roasted. He could be roasted and they could be absolutely screwed. Um, that would be very detrimental uh, because they have so much invested into him and they need him. I mean, the team needs him to get to their highest levels. But um, my panic meter, I'm going to say let's go four. Let's go four. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, listen, y'all, that's six teams, right? Six teams. There we, go. there we go. All right, just checking. We both gave two because I gave mine. That's why I really wanted to know what Zach's second team was because I knew what my last team was, but I, I just I needed to know where that conversation was headed. Listen, I thought we had some good picks, but you, the listeners at home, we want to know what you thought of our picks. So comment below. Let us know on social media what you thought of the episode. We're going to wrap up here for this week. Thank you for sticking with us on all things NBA from A to Z, getting your updates on all things NBA, everything across the association from superstars to role players. We love basketball. We love keeping you guys in the loop on where we're at on these teams and, and just talking about these storylines as they develop five stars, 
rate, review, like, subscribe, follow, you name it. We're here for it. Any way you want to support the show, we appreciate it a million times over. Thank you for tuning in and stick with us right here on YouTube or wherever you get your pods. Before we close, before we close, yeah, safe travels to our guy, Chris. He is heading out to the Virgin Islands for the week to cover his team there. So amazing, amazing opportunity. Take advantage of it and get everybody in the Virgin Islands to be subscribing to our podcast. That's the goal. (laughs) Yeah, go create some business cards. Hand out some board of men's basketball some flyers be coming in the airwaves soon so stay tuned stay with us here presented by ball is life we are all things nba hoping you have a great week